God, we give you glory. We thank you so much. The powerful name that we're praising is yours, Jesus. We're giving you glory. We're just getting started, God. You brought people into this place today, not just to bring them to church to check it off a list, but to literally change lives, to literally move lives from where we were to where you want us to be. God, have your way with us today. Do what only you can do. We give you glory on this Memorial Day weekend. God, I know we already celebrated why we celebrate Memorial Day, but God, we will never stop celebrating sacrifices that have gone before us. People that make it able for us to come to a place like this in a great country where we get to live and worship freely. Your name, your beautiful name, God. Thank you for this. Thank you for them. And thank you for you. I guess if we're talking about sacrifice, we have to look to you, don't we, God? You made the biggest one. We're going to celebrate it today. We're going to give you glory today, but yet I know there's people here struggling and hurting. God, may they cast their cares and worries onto you right now. Anything they brought with them, anything that's on their heart, anything that's causing them struggle, we give it to you, God. Clear our hearts, clear our minds, so we can hear a word directly from you. Change us, God. Have your way that we will never be the same again. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody says, amen and amen. You can have a seat, church. It is good to be with you on the Memorial Day weekend. This weekend's incredible. Not only are we celebrating sacrifice and what people have done to help get us to where we are today, that we get to do what we get to do today, but Memorial Day ushers in a season, a season of no school for kids, a season of summertime, of vacations, a season of camping for some, not for this some, but for some of you. I don't, I'm not a camper. I, I, you, some of you know that, right? Some people ask me to go camping. I'm like, my answer is, heck no, heck no. I ain't going, because my idea of roughing it is going from a five-star to a four-star. That's my idea. So that's me. If you camp, I'll pray for you. I'm just going to say it straight up. But uh, so for me, it's not camping. It's, it's grilling. Like, this is the season of grilling. Any grillers in the house? Master grillers like myself? Yeah, we're out there, aren't we? we I love grilling. I do it year-round. Some of you do, too. But something about the summertime, when you can really get, a, you can really get after it. A few years ago, um, I remember buying a grill because my grill was not working, and we really wanted a grill that night. So I'm like, dude, I'll go to Home Depot. I'll buy it. We'll be, we'll be grilling tonight. Here is the issue. Like, I bought the grill. It comes in a box. And let me ask a question. Have you ever assembled a grill? Ever? I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It would be easier to assemble the space shuttle. I'm like, are I, four, it took four days, I think it probably took me to take, take and, and here's the issue. I get done putting it together, and I have a lot of parts left over. Made me nervous. You know, like, if there weren't just bolts and, 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 and washers, I'm talking parts. I'm like, whatever, it's together, it looks good. I kicked the parts to the side. I said, let's get after it. The first issue was the electric start. I turned the gas on, the electric start, not working. So obviously one of those parts was for that. So it's not working. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not taking it back. I'm not trying to figure out what those parts are. I smell the gas. I know if I add fire, we're, 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 we're good. So I leave the gas running. Some of you know where this is going. And I, I have the lid down. I go inside. I find matches. Me and matches should never, never unite. We did. And I bring the matches out to the grill. Open the grill back up. Gas has been going the whole time. So I light the match, throw it in, boom, this huge fireball shoots out all over me, 
And the first thing I did, you think I'd kind of freak out. The first thing I did was like look around to make sure no one saw it because that'd be embarrassing. So I'm like, oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm smelling. And I'm like, you ever smell burnt hair? I smell the burnt hair. I'm like, that scares me a little bit. And I look at my forearms. I mean, every, I had no hair on both forearms. And not only that, when I touched my eyebrows, they were crunchy. That's not good. I had crunchy eyebrows and a crunchy bangs. I'm like, it changed my look entirely and not in a good way. So you got to be careful. I should, and do you really want me to go camping with you? I mean, think about that. I'm dangerous. Um, but, but here's the key to grilling. The key to being a good grill master is the seasoning. It's all in the seasoning. If you season things right, if you marinate things right, you're going to get something really good. It's, it, it's interesting, though. Jesus, we talk about Jesus a little bit in this church. He's kind of a good dude, and you're going you're gonna to really like it. Jesus talked about seasoning. Um, it's what we're looking at today in his word. Uh, if you brought a Bible or a mobile device, go to Matthew 5. So, And if you don't have that, we will throw it up on the screen. But Matthew 5, verse 13. Let me set it up. Over the next two weeks, we're in a little mini-series called Taste and See. Say taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh my gosh, God is going to move in this place today. So over the next two weeks, we're looking at um, uh, the scripture that I'm about to read to you. And then after that, in two weeks, we start an epic summer series called Battleborn. And in this series, you are not going to want to miss it. Like, we, we are going to... We're going to teach on the armor of God, and we're going to look at God's word, and I'm going to show you how we can equip ourselves to go on the offense. Because some of you, you've been living on the defense, right? Just kind of getting by. That's not God's plan for your life. And this is, we're a little different than other, you know, and I don't want to judge other churches, but I know a lot of times in the summertime, not just churches, but businesses will kind of let off the gas and we'll coast and, all right, we'll take a breather for a few months, then we'll gear up for the fall. We don't do that here. Like, we don't, we, in the summertime, we throw down. We go after it hard. Last year, we did a Chain Breaker series. was epic for our church. This year, Battleborn, going to be epic. So we don't lay off. We throw down because guess what? In the summertime, the devil don't take three months off, right? Jesus didn't take three months off. So we're going after lost people. We're pushing back the gates of hell, and we will not rest until we take back more, more kingdom ground that belongs to God. And that's what's going to happen in Battleborn. So in two weeks, you're not going to want to miss but before we lead up to that, this week is about a scripture that I'm going to read to you. And it's, it's from the Sermon on the Mount. So if you don't know, the Sermon on the Mount was Jesus' very first sermon that we know of publicly. So he's, his ministry is just beginning. And he goes out and he preaches an epic sermon. And he starts with the Beatitudes. Say Beatitudes. You know what you just said? You said blessings. That's what Beatitude means. It means blessing. So Jesus starts the Beatitudes by saying Blessed are those who are merciful. They'll be the, or blessed are those who are merciful. They'll, they'll be shown mercy. Blessed are those who are persecuted, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And he keeps going with these beatitudes. And right after all eight of them, he gets to, he gets to verse thirteen. This is what it says: "You are the salt of the earth. Say, I'm salt. He, he, you are. You are the salt of the earth. But then he asks a question: What good is salt if it's lost its flavor?" I mean, can you make it salty again? He said, no, it'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. And then Jesus goes on to say, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Those are the verses that we're looking at for the next two weeks. This week, specifically verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its saltiness? So, so Jesus is saying salt's a good thing, and it is. Like, you have a lot of salt in your body. If you didn't, trust me, you wouldn't be here. You'd be hurting. We need salt. So, but I'll, as I say that, I'll tell you that one time salt almost killed me. I'm not kidding you. It was serious. So, 11 years old, I had one of my very first sleepovers at my house. And uh, my brother's five years older, and my friend and I, like I said, he spent the night, and we thought we'd do something funny in the morning because we knew my brother would get up, and the first thing he likes to do is pour a big, huge bowl of cereal. Okay, but what you need to understand at the Gannon household where I grew up, we didn't have a lot. So we didn't buy the fancy cereal with, you know, chocolate frosted sugar bombs. There was nothing sugar coated about the cereal. We had, you know, cornflakes, you know, uh, shredded wheat, not frosted shredded wheat, shredded wheat, like eating, literally like eating alfalfa. Um, we had uh, we had Rice Krispies, though, we, though ours wasn't Rice Krispies. It was crispy rice. So yeah, there's a difference. Like the generic, we save five cents. It was awesome. You'd break your tooth on crispy rice. So, but we save five cents. It was awesome. So anyway, so we, for, so for our cereal, we would have to add sugar to make it good. So we thought we'd do something funny and we took the sugar and we replaced it with salt because we thought that's going to be awesome. When he takes a big bite, it's going to be great and whatever. So my brother comes up and sure enough, like clockwork, pours a humongous bowl of whatever it was, unsweetened cereal, and he literally starts dumping sugar on it um, all over the place. And we're like, around the corner, we're like, this is going to be great, this is going to be awesome. And he takes the biggest bite, like I've never seen a bite this big in my life. And he just is huge. And we're like, yes, and he, and he eats it and he starts chomping it just like a cow. I'm like, oh my gosh. And he looks at us, and we look at him, he's like, he drops a spoon in his milk, and we knew it was go time. So we took off running, he chased us, uh, I blacked out during the rest of it, so I don't know what happened, but I know it wasn't good, it hurt really bad, but it was totally worth it, I, and I would do it again, I'm just saying that, totally worth it. It was funny, but again, salt almost killed me. But what, why does Jesus talk about salt? What you might not know about salt is it's a very valuable commodity. Like the word salary, like you like getting paid, right? Your salary? The word salary comes from the Latin word for salt. The reason why is because Roman soldiers back in the day, they were paid with salt. So that's where we get that word salary. Salt, what does it do? It enhances flavor, right? That's why when you grill, you throw the salt out, it makes it taste better. Salt preserves the good. It keeps out the bad. This is what salt does. So the message today, let me, who's the message for today? This is for anybody that's lost your flavor. Like, you've lost your zeal. You've lost maybe your way. Maybe you've lost your purpose. You've lost your hope. You've lost your ability to be enhanced or to enhance others. That's who the message is for. See, God wants to give you your flavor back. God wants to give you your salt, saltiness back. And this is what he's going to do today. Turn to one person and just say this. Say, pass the salt. Just say, pass the salt. Just pass the salt. We need the salt. What is salt? By the way, normally I will tell you that if you're in Christ, I always say, it's not about you. It's like our motto. It's not about you. If, you have, if you're a believer in Jesus, it's never about you. But today I'm going to just take a break from that. And I'm going to tell you today, we can be a little selfish. Today, it's about us. Say, it's about me. It's about you today. It is about you today. The reason I tell you that, because when you get saltier, when you enhance yourself, when you get better, other people around you get better. 
See, your greatest investment, and some of you came just to hear this, I swear. Your greatest investment is you. It's you. Invest in yourself. I'm so proud of you for being here today. You are investing in yourself. You're investing God's word in you. Because when you get better, everybody gets better. So back to the salt. Let's go to class. Should we, should we go to science class? It'll be fun. Let's do something different. Salt? What is salt? So salt is made up of sodium and chloride. Do we? Yeah, there we go. I hated science class. I did. I hated it. I, I, I don't get it. Like the, 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 the symbol, or I don't know what you can call it, N-A-C-L. Okay, that's salt. That's sodium chloride. Okay, the C-L is chloride. N-A for sodium? What? Why, I, why not S-O-S-D? I don't care. Whatever. So my point is this. Salt is one part sodium and one part chloride. They go together and they make salt. But let me say something. If you take in sodium by itself, it could kill you. You take in chloride by itself, it could kill you. Together, Jesus says, together you are to be salt. So I, I read that and I'm like, okay, what, what together makes us so flavorful? What makes us uh, so enticing? What makes us make such a difference? And, and God showed me something in the scripture that I want to show you, and I truly believe it's going to be life-changing. There's two parts to the message today. It's very simple, but yet, but yet not easy. The sodium part, part one, is your thoughts. Say my thoughts. Your thoughts. Your thoughts, the way that you're thinking makes a difference. Jesus said it. Part one, to live a salty life, to be flavorful, is, is your, the way that you think. Romans 12, 2. I love it. Don't copy the behaviors of the world. Don't do it. World's jacked up. You don't want, if you look like the world, that's not good. But God says, no, no, no. Let me, let God transform you by changing the way you what? The way you think. You want to be changed? You want to be salt? It starts with changing the way you think. Then you will know my will for your life. Everybody wants God's will for my life. He's showing us God's will. Then you will know God's will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I, I believe with all my heart God wants to unleash the power of your mind. He wants to. He wants to unleash it. But how, okay, God, if, if, if our thought process is so important, how do we change our thinking? You said change my thinking. How do I do it? It doesn't just happen. That's the problem. We hear verses like that, but how does that actually happen? Like sometimes I think we think it's just going to happen. If I just hear it enough, I'll start thinking differently. If I just want it bad enough, it'll happen. It's like I'm just going to attract it into my life, good thoughts. I'm going to attract good people into my life. I'm just going to be like, um, um, I'm just going to attract it into my life, bring it into my life. I'm telling you, you can sit in the lotus position all day long. The only thing you're going to attract are psychiatrists, okay? And maybe a wellness check from the cops. I don't know. It's not good. Eventually, you got to do something else. And parents, we're a little guilty, aren't we? The reason I say that is because we tell our kids things like, little, little Billy, little Billy, you can do whatever you want. You put your mind to it, little Billy, you can, you can do whatever you want. And I get what you're saying. Little Billy can do great things. But when we say Billy, you can do whatever you want, and Billy gets older, and little Billy says, you know what? Well, I want to play, I want to play basketball for the Lakers. The problem is this. Little Billy, when he grew up, is four foot eleven, and he doesn't know the difference between a basketball and a cantaloupe. So that's not going to happen. Okay, so something, we can't just think it. We can't just will it. There has to be something else. There's got to be something else. I'm going to tell you something. 
Your mind will not change until you change what you allow into your mind. Okay? Your, if I had Twitter, that would go up on that right now, but I don't. So uh, your mind will not change until you change what you allow into your mind. So every day, by the, when you wake up to the time you go to bed, thousands, say thousands, thousands of pieces of information are flooding into your mind. Where you go, who you hang out with, what you do, where you work, where your kids hang out, what you take in, what you watch on television, social media, right? Oh, the highlight reel. Come on. If we were as godly as we appeared on Instagram, the world would have no problems. Honestly. Let me show you my, my family Easter picture. Look at this. This is beautiful. This is, you would think, oh my gosh. Oh, oh, the perfect family. The, the, the two kids, a boy and a girl, the mom and dad, and the little puppy. Oh, so sweet. Remember taking this picture, Ava? What Ava would tell you is, um, this is what Instagram saw. What, what the Gannon family saw a half hour before this was uh, kicking and screaming and scratching and yelling. Okay? This picture started in the backyard on the deck with a fight over whose phone are we going to use? Okay? Uh, what, what position are we going to be in? What, what's, what, where's the sun at? Who's going to hold the dog? Screaming and yelling. Pretty soon we ended up at the front yard wrestling around in the grass for a while. We get done with that and then this is the end result. Hi. Mm. Yeah, that's not reality. <laughs> I don't know what's happening right here. Wow. I, I, I'm getting ached or something. Um, you guys got to pray for me, honestly. Well, that's weird. So, um, I'm just going to go with it. I love it. Devil, you ain't going to stop what I'm doing here today. You ain't going to stop it. So, Instagram. I mean, and I'm not anti-social media. You're going to hear that. But, but listen to what Jesus, you know what Jesus didn't say in the Beatitudes? I didn't, I didn't hear him say this. Blessed are those who share every thought and every opinion that they have. Jesus never said that. Oh my gosh. God, just because you think it doesn't mean you should post it, please. Stop killing us. I mean, oh, we need you, Jesus. So, but some of you listen to me. When it, seriously, when it comes to social media, what, what, what's happening in your life is, and why you're not being the salt that God wants you to be, is because you're going there way too much looking for validation that you will not find. Okay? You will not find validation, you will not find true meaning, and you will not find your purpose scrolling through social media. You will not do it, I promise you. You will spend a lot of time, you can do that. I've been guilty of that myself. Man, I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you. Because I've been guilty, and I'll tell you something in my life that God has shown me. I struggle. Like, I'm going to set up a, a, a guardrail where it, does, it'll, it blocks me from social media for like, in the afternoon, because this is not healthy for me. It isn't. Like, the more that I scroll forward, the more I go backward with Jesus. I don't get it. I'm like, and that's just me. And I don't know about you, but it's a dangerous thing. Because we look for things. And pretty soon we start looking for opinions. Oh, and that's scary. We start looking for, oh, what are they going to say? Are they going to like what I post? Because when they like what you post, you know what happens physically in your mind? You get a hit. You do. It's like, it's like we're back to science class now. Endorphins. Like an addict with drugs or an alcoholic or whatever it is that you might be addicted to. Why do you keep going back to something that you know isn't good for you? It's because you get that little hit, that little rush, and then you go back for more, and you go back for more. And trust me, it's a dangerous thing. And pretty soon we start searching the comments. Oh my gosh, I got to search the comments for the compliments. Trust me, if you, st if you start hinging on the compliments of others and focusing on the compliments of others, you're going to die when those same people start to criticize you. You will, okay? 
And guess what? God had a purpose for your life before anybody had an opinion about your life. We don't need more opinions. We need more Jesus. That's what we need. So that's what I want you to go after. Jesus, will you speak to us today? Oh, we need him. And you will not find it where, where we're looking sometimes. So how do you change your mind? God showed me Romans 8, 5, 6. I'll, I'll give you, you don't have to go there. It'll be up on the screen. But it says, listen to this. Paul writes, those who are dominated by sinful nature. See, I don't know where you're at today in your sin. But I'll t from your pastor, there are days I can be dominated by things I would be embarrassed to tell you about. I, 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 I can fall trapped to this. Those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So there's something about the Holy Spirit controlling the way we think and, and, and guarding us from what we take in and what we don't take in. So it, let me ask you a question. If you could literally have the Holy Spirit speak to you audibly right now, would you like that? Would you like that? Okay, I'm going to ask again because you're all liars. If, if God could talk to you right now and tell you what job to take, what man to date, what, what, what path to take, would you like that? If God spoke, yes, I would want that. We want God speaking to us. Guess what? He wants to. Guess what? The number one way he'll speak to you is what? His word. You want God to open his mouth? Open the Bible. You want God to open his mouth and speak to you? The number one way he's talked to me is in his word. It's the number one way. I heard, a, I heard this really smart, good-looking pastor say one time, um, okay, you know who I'm talking about. Okay, 10 minutes a day for the rest of your days will change your days. I've been saying that for years. 10 minutes a day for the rest of your days will change your days. In God's word. I had a woman in the church email me not that long, a few months ago, and she said, Monty, thank you so much for telling me that. You know what she said? She said, I've been, I've been doing devotionals all my life, been walking with Jesus for a long time, and devotionals aren't a bad thing, but you better not just be relying on a devotional because that's got someone's opinion in it. I get it points back to God's word. That's what we need. But if that's all you're doing, you're going backwards. And she said, thank you so much for telling us to actually get into the word. She said, I start reading the book of Matthew. Literally, it's changed my life. It's changed my life. It's, it will. The closer you get to Jesus Christ, the more he changes your life. And the number one way to grow towards him and change your thinking is getting in his word. It is the number one way. Yet most Christians do not do it. They don't. They don't because we don't believe it. I'm not judging you. That was me. Most of my life, I heard pastors say, get in the word, read the word. Yeah, whatever. How's that going to change my life? Boy, was I mistaken. Oh, was I mistaken. Ten minutes a day. You start in the New Testament. Just start reading that. I'm pr I promise you, God will change your life. You you'll read stories that will blow you away. You would read a story, if you, if you read the word of God, you would read a story about like this group of guys and, and their buddy was paralyzed, couldn't walk, crippled. And they loved him so much that they actually thought to themselves, we need to get him to Jesus. So, so they, had the, they had the sodium part down, part one. They thought, our friend needs help. But it didn't stop there. You know what they did? Because they knew what to do. Most of us, honestly, we know the right thing to do. The, the question is, will we do it? See, knowledge is knowing the right thing. Wisdom is doing it. That's the difference. Knowledge is knowing what to do. Wisdom is doing it. So, so that's where the chloride comes in. If sodium is your thoughts, chloride, 
is your action. Say action. 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 And they got to go together because chloride by itself can do what? Kill you. It's not good. Chloride by itself can do what? It could hurt you. It could kill you. But together, mm, I'm telling you, because if you just think all the time, and some of you do that, you're in your head way too much. Like, you're scaring people. And, you know, it, it, you're, you're, everything's oh, over-processing, over-thinking, over-analyzing. Or even in the Bible. We're in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. I'm memorizing Scripture. Are you doing anything with it? Paul wrote, faith without works is what? Faith without works is what? Dead. So the Pharisees, the religious people back in the day, the ones who Jesus got on, a lot of thinking going on, a lot of sodium happening, thinking, 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 no action towards love, no action towards caring for others. That's what thinking will get you. That's why it can be toxic. Action, on the other hand, could be the same way. If you're acting a lot and you're not thinking first, you're not in God's word first, you're not in God's word first, well, that can hurt, right? That's like the group of guys that are hanging out at the pool and, and, and then their buddy's like, hey, watch this. Well, the next thing that's going to happen, it's going to hurt. Okay, we just know that. It's going to be probably a, a visit to the ER. That's when your, your action's happening, but the thoughts weren't with it. They have to go together. They have to go together. This is what makes salt so powerful. Sodium. I'm going to think, I'm going to think on God's thoughts, and then I'm going to put action to it, and saltiness happens, enhancement happens, flavor happens, life happens, and it's a beautiful thing. But here's the thing. Salt even when it's salt, even when sodium and chloride come together, it's still not enough, right? Because I can take salt, and I can put a bunch of salt in my hand, right? I got salt here. Now, do you want to eat it? Is that good by itself? Now, if some of you are saying yes, that's, that's not right, okay? You're jacked up, okay? We want to pray for you. You should not be eating salt straight like that. So, um, that's not good, right? Salt by itself isn't good. So I think that's good luck doing that. Or it's bad luck. I don't know which one. So I'm hoping for good. So salt by itself isn't good. So salt, we, we can add it to something, right? So I love these illustrations. They make me kind of hungry. So I'm sorry if you are. So, so we got the salt. And then we got, just, bear, just go with me here. We got people, right? So we got the people here. There's people. That's what those little things represent. Yeah, yeah people. Yeah. <laughs> Did I drop somebody? It'll be fine. Um, so, <laughs> so you got salt and you got the people. So let me ask you a question. Sometimes when I, I, I got I to vent here for a second. Like if I go through a drive-thru and I get fries and they're not salted, I, I, I hate that. Like that takes me backwards with Jesus. I don't like that at all. Like what I want to do is throw the fries completely out the window, but that's, that's littering, so I don't do that. But I, I, don't, I don't, that makes me really mad. I need salt on my fries. And if, and if you love Jesus, you need salt on your fries too. So, but, but fries, so, so the people over here, they need, they need you. And you, even though you're salty, you're not really impacting anybody or anything because you need others. See, when you come together with others, well, that's a beautiful thing. That is, trust me, that is a beautiful picture. This, so this, this is why we talk about life groups so much. Well, what's a life group? A life group is just a small group. A group of people getting together, learning about Jesus, changing their thoughts by getting in his word, loving each other, hearing each other's story. That's what life groups are. But some people, it's hard because we, we're doing life and we think we're doing life with others, but you're really doing life alone. And salt alone is no good. Remember what Jesus said? It'll be thrown out. See, salt, salt that doesn't get used, it gets thrown on the roads and trampled on. 
It gets driven over. That's what salt, that's what salt that isn't connected, that's what happens. And this, when these people don't have you, they're not as good either. This is why we will never stop preaching, at least at Meadows Church, that we are better together. Say we're better together. We are. We are. You're speaking the truth. Good job. We're better together. We are. This isn't good alone. It's not good. It just sits there. No one eats this by itself. And these, I already told you how I feel about those when they don't have this. We need them together. This is so powerful. I know it's kind of a simple illustration, but here you go. You can eat those. I'm done with those now. So you sure? I salted them for you. You're going to like that. Yeah. So, but that's what God, so that's the power of coming together. This is, the, this is what God wants us to know. And here's what we do, you know. And that's why the life group cards, those red cards are on your chairs. Not just decoration. I truly have been praying for you this week that you'll take a step. That you want to be salty and then you want to get with others and, and salt them. And together, you'll change the world. I don't just say it, I've seen it. You will change the world. But, but the devil will give you every excuse not to do it. You know the biggest temptation of a follower of Jesus? I'll tell you. Is to do what's easy rather than what is best for you. It is. Your biggest temptation is to do what's easy. Life group, oh my gosh, that's an hour a week and I got to drive through that and I'll get my Bible. Yeah, I guess it's not easy. I'll guarantee it's the best thing for you. I guarantee it will change your life. And I guarantee that God wants to use you to change someone else's life. See, I told you earlier it's about you, but at the end of the day, it's not about you. Because God, when you're salt, the only way you're going to be useful is when you get with others and you come together like we talked about. This is what's so powerful. But, but here, and I, I want to lovingly say this to somebody. You've been waiting to get ready all your life. Stop getting ready to get ready, okay? It's time to stop getting ready to get ready. It's like, I'm going to aim, 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 aim. Okay, pull the trigger. You don't wait till all the planets line up. It won't happen. Today is the day. I love a quote by Teddy Roosevelt. Found this a while back, and I knew it was for this message. Teddy Roosevelt, listen to this. Do what you can with what you have, where you are. Do what you can with what you have, where you are. Well, I don't have a Bible. We'll give you one today. Guest services, we'll give you one. Do what you can with what you have, where you are. Inquire about a life group. Sign up for it. You're not committing to anything. We'll just call you and talk about it. But I'm telling you, it will change your life. But stop waiting. you got to quit waiting. Life is passing you by. We get one shot to make an impact in the world. Stop getting ready to get ready and go for it. This is what God wants us to do. This is what the first church did. If you don't know about the first church 2,000 years ago, let me tell you a story. Acts, you should read it. It's in the Bible. It's incredible. This first church, they would meet together. And they would do life together. And it was salt connecting with others and the world was never the same meadows church exists because the first church was salt because they got together and they did life together and they changed the world now listen to me god's hand was on the first church like like unbelievably i truly believe with all my heart i watch what god does in this what's what god is doing in this church and it blows me away like i'm blown away but he's just getting started. We're not waiting on a move of God. Not here. We are a move of God. God's hand is moving. And you think that's something. He's just getting started. He wants to do something in you. Say in me. In you. That is right. I am so blown away, God, what you're doing. Let's go back to our story for a second. Remember the, the paralyzed guys, or the paralyzed man and, their, and his friends. That was a life group, if you didn't know it. 
It doesn't say life group in the Bible, but that's, they did life together. That's what life groups do. Don't overanalyze it. It's just doing life together. They did life together. They saw a man that was down. They said, our boy's got to get help. So they took the sodium, their thoughts, or he needs help, that's what I'm thinking, and they combined it with the chloride, their actions, and they picked him up on a mat. And they start carrying him towards Jesus. Because guess what? The closer that you get to Jesus, the more he changes your life. And they knew, a man, we're hearing stories that he's changing lives. We're hearing stories that the dead are being raised, that the blind can see, that the deaf can hear. And if Jesus can do it in them, what can he do in him? So they start bringing him there. And but, but it's weird because they get him to Jesus, and the first thing Jesus says, like, it, it's, it's, it kind of threw me. Because I'm thinking, okay, it's Jesus. He's going to be like you're healed. Jesus, that's not what he said right away. You know what he told the man? You're forgiven. Forgiven? That's not even what it's all about, Jesus. We brought him here because he's broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The friends saw that their friend was broken on the outside. But Jesus saw that he was broken on the inside. See, some of you stepped in here today, and I get we get dressed up for church. It's awesome. We're going to throw the smiles on. But guess what? I've got things going on in my life, and maybe you do too. And while we can look good on the outside, God sees what's happening on the inside. So today, Jesus looks at you, and he looks at me, and he says, I see you've got some scars on the inside. I see you've got some wounds and some bleeding and some broken on the inside. This is what Jesus sees, and he sees it, and he wants to heal it. He not only wants to heal it, but he wants to make it new. That's what he did. It's, it's a crazy thing. They brought their friend to Jesus because they wanted him to be healed. Jesus shows him forgiveness. They brought their friend to Jesus because they wanted him to walk again. Jesus Christ wanted him to live again. See, Jesus doesn't want to just fix you up. Jesus is in the business of making you brand new. That's what he wants to do. Oh, I need to be made new, Jesus. I, I don't know about others, but there's things in me. Oh, Jesus, we're better together. The life group. I truly am praying that you'll fill it out and that you'll inquire. Salt with others changes the world. It really does. For those of you that are first-time guests at our church, I know Sarah said it, I'm going to say it again. Welcome home. We're so excited that you're here. We love you. God loves you more. God is moving. And I just want to receive what he wants us to receive, which is way bigger than what we think. Taste and see comes from Psalm 34, 8. The Bible says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. He is. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. In other words, try it. Try Jesus. I, I, you're going to like it. I'm not going to promise easy. I will promise abundant. I will promise full. I will promise new because Jesus promises it. And his promises always come true. Taste and see. That's the gospel. Not religion. 
We're not a religious organization, okay? I don't like when people even say that. Because I don't think Jesus, he got mad at the religious people. A lot of sodium, no chloride. That's not us. That's not us. That's not the gospel. The gospel is good, means good news. Say good news. Gospel literally means good news. That's Jesus dying on a cross, rising from the dead, to defeat sin, defeat death. And if we believe it and accept it and call on his name, the Holy Spirit will literally come inside you. Like that's not just some fairy tale. That is real. And when you have a living God living in you and his power flowing through your veins, taste and see. But it's not religion. When I grew up in high school, I was from a small, a small town, so do not judge me, okay? But we had a habit of getting a 12-pack of beer, and we'd go out and we'd do some drinking. A lot, actually. One day, it was, it was an awesome day. I'm saying awesome day. That sounds terrible. But it was a Saturday afternoon, a lot like today, beautiful, sunny outside. And we grabbed some beer, and we went out in the afternoon. One of my buddies made a mistake, though. He didn't grab beer. He grabbed a bottle of tequila. Yeah. So that was a mistake. And he didn't have any salt either. There was none of, none of that going on. Now, if you don't know what that meant, you probably just haven't had any fun. So anyway, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> Forgive me, Father. So he drank this bottle of tequila, and I don't know how to describe it other than, other than to say 30 minutes earlier, he was a talking human being, and then a half hour later, he was a talking orangutan. It was unbelievable. I'm like, what is happening? We, we, he was bad. So we're like, oh my gosh, we got to get our friend help. Kind of like, he was paralyzed too, like he was down. So we're like, we got to get this guy home. But it's the middle of the day and we're like juniors in high school. And his dad was a big guy. So we're like freaking. So I'm like, we're going to do one of those drive-bys, right? We're going to go up to his house, go up the driveway, do the old drop-off, dump. We were really good friends, weren't we? The old drop, dump, leave him on the porch and run out of there. So that was our plan. We, go, we get up to the front, we get up to the porch. He's just a wet noodle, we shove him on the porch, and all of a sudden, the door opens. We're like, I'm like, so this is how it ends. This is, this is how it ends for Monty. Um, his dad's standing right there, huge hulking man. And we're like, and he's like, looks like you boys been having some fun. We're like, yes, sir, some more than others. Uh, he's like, well, bring him in. So we grab his son, and we literally drag him inside. He says, bring him downstairs. So we didn't know what was waiting for us, kind of scared. We get downstairs, and he says, put him in the shower. I'm like, well, this is getting kind of weird. But uh, we shove him in the shower. He's all dressed, and his dad turns the water on and just lets the water hit him and whatever. And I'm, I'm waiting for the hammer to drop. Like, I am waiting for him to, like, just yell at us and scream at us. Irresponsible, you know, breaking the law. But he never did. In fact, it was weird. You know what his dad kept saying? thank you. He said, thank you for bringing my son home to make sure that he's safe. And we're like, it was the last thing I expected to hear. Now I share all that to tell you that the big difference between religion, which I, we are not, the gospel, which we are for, religion says, you know what? I've completely screwed up. And that's how some of you feel. Because you've screwed up areas of your life and you continually do it, and you continually struggle, and you keep going back to the well, and you keep hurting others. And you're like, that's why one of the reasons it's taking you so long to come to a place like this, because you've screwed up. Because religion says, I've screwed up. My dad is going to kill me. That's what religion says. But the gospel, you know what the gospel says? I've screwed up. I need to call my dad. 
I need to call my dad. Some of you need to call your dad. He's not mad at you. He's not disappointed. He loves you so much. It's what the gospel is all about, sending his son Jesus. It's why we're going to celebrate communion here in just a moment. In fact, I'll invite the ushers to come forward. And I'm going to set it up for you so you know exactly what communion means. The reason I, we don't do it every weekend because I, I don't want to just go through the motions too much where we forget the meaning. But this is a day to do it. What's Memorial Day? Remembering sacrifice. That's what it's all about. And I'm just going to say it. I, God, I know you love the whole world, and I get that you don't put one nation in front of another, but I am, for one, I am so grateful that I get to live in the United States of America, a country where people have gone before us to fight battles where you and I can do what we get to do. I am so grateful, and I'll never stop giving God glory for that. It is amazing. But the greatest sacrifice, well, that's a man named Jesus. You're hearing a lot about him today. You always will. And we celebrate communion because communion literally is Memorial Day. Every time we have communion, it's Memorial Day. We are remembering a sacrifice. You guys can start to pass. And, and so, well, you know, give me one sec. Because you need to explain it. I want you to understand. Communion is for believers. It's for somebody that you've called on the name of the Lord. And, and, and Jesus has entered you. You believe in the gospel. You believe he died. You believe he rose. You believe he's coming back again, and you've asked him to forgive all your sins. If you've done that, communion's for you. If you haven't done that or you don't believe, I love you. I hope God is speaking to you today. I hope you come back. I hope today, actually, I pray today you will, you will commit your life to him all the way. In fact, if you're doing that even right now in your head, grab one. And if you don't grab one today, I don't think any less of you, stay and just stay and let's take it in together. But you can pass the elements. As they're passing it, just take one. The bread's on top. It's all one thing. The, the drink is underneath, so just grab one. And, and I'll tell you that Jesus, I don't ever want to, please, please, please look at me or listen to me. Don't ever lose sight of what we're celebrating. Christianity hinges on one event. Why the church exists, why we're even meeting here today is based on one event. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is it. So maybe you're wrestling with some theology. Maybe you're wrestling with evolution. Maybe you're wrestling with everything that, you know, like, I don't know, Jonah and the... Whatever. Put it aside. Don't care about that. Can you, can you wrap your head around Jesus Christ was dead on a cross for you? He rose three days later and he's coming back again. That event happened. It is true. And if you can believe in that, and you call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, you will be saved. I want some of that, and I pray to God that you do too. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and this is why you're here. And if you've never done it, I'm literally begging. Jesus Christ wants to meet you here today. He wants to change you here today. He doesn't want to just fix you up. He wants to make you new. So the bread represents the body. It's a true story. The body that he gladly put up on a cross for you. This is what the bread represents. When he was with the disciples, the Last Supper, you know, he, he said, this is my body, broken for you and you and you broken for you, dead 
for you so you don't have to die eternally. That's what it's about. We are remembering. Say remember. Remember. This is my body given for you. Take it and eat. Next is the drink. Jesus sat at the, at the table and he said, this is a cup. He says it's a cup of a, a new covenant. The old covenant was with the Israelites. That was an old covenant that was fulfilled when Jesus Christ did what he did. This is a new covenant. Say new. New. I love that. Between you and the Lord. Now you go directly to Jesus or go, go directly to God through Jesus. That's what, the, that's what his death did for you and his resurrection did for you. And what does the drink represent? The blood. So Jesus on the cross literally bled out. In fact, when they speared his side, it says it gushed with water. Because he, he was, I mean, it was, it's all he had. So he says, this is the cup of a new covenant. Take and drink. Go ahead and drink. Father, I thank you so much for your word in this place today. I thank you for the gift of your word. I pray that people will spend 10 minutes letting it transform them life every, their life every day. God, I pray that people be, will be receptive, not only to a life group, it's called life for a reason, because you have life for them, so they can be salt and light. I pray they will take a step, fill out a life group card, hand it in, just trust and see what you do. Don't have to know what's going to happen. Just take a step today. And God, for the person or people in this place today who's never called on your name, they've never truly surrendered. Maybe like me, God, they've had the head knowledge because I've always believed in Jesus. But I tell you what, I never let you enter into my heart to change me until 11 years ago. I'm still messed up, but you're making me new every day, God. I want that for everybody in this place. If somebody here has believed in Jesus, God, but they've never truly cried out and called on his name and asked him to come in to forgive their sins, I pray they will do it now. I pray they will come forward after we sing and let the prayer team love them and wrap around them and celebrate with them, God. We will never stop celebrating what you're doing. We will never stop remembering the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. And we will never stop declaring in your house that in you, the best is yet to come. If somebody in this place believes it, put your hands together and let your God hear you. The best is yet to come, God. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.